0: There's something about wearing a suit or an elegant dress that changes the way we walk, talk, and even feel. It's why celebrities wear their finest on the red carpet and CEOs dress to the nines. On this episode, we're sitting down with the CEO of Tom James Suits, Todd Brown, who's helping us button up excuses so we can tailor successful leadership results. Let's get to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host Matt Martella alongside Associate Dean Phil Powell. We have one goal here on this podcast and that's to help organizations make better business decisions. To everyone giving us feedback on our show, we are really grateful that you're helping us get better. Please keep it coming. Send us your feedback, any questions you have, or an idea for a guest to be on our show to ROIPod, that's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I dot E-D-U. Well, Phil, believe it or not, 2019 is coming up on us fast, and in order to get ahead, we have to start looking ahead. This is a great opportunity for us leaders to start vision casting for not only our own leadership, but also for our careers. Where do we want to be in 2019, and how do we get there? That's what we're going to focus on today through the lens of a successful CEO, Todd Brown,
1: CEO of Tom James. Tom James is a very successful custom suit company. They have an international presence. They're headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. They have an extraordinary emphasis on customer service. One example of this is that their representatives come to you at your office or your home and show you samples and sell you the suit. They basically bring the store to where you are. And this rests upon a larger strategy of differentiation. First of all, they own the whole production chain. They own the, where they source the threads, threading. They own the factory where it's made. And and they source it from beginning to end. So they're able to to really control quality. Secondly, when you look at their product line, they play for the long run. Um, Their suits designed rest upon what they know has a long-term play in the market, and they don't really succumb to fads or short-term fixes in how you're supposed to dress. The market finds this very attractive, and leading that is Todd, who's the person we've interviewed for our podcast today. And you meet Todd, and you're immediately struck with this very positive sense of humility. He's a true servant leader, truly inspirational as a CEO, and he lives for the future, He manages the present, but he lives in the future of where he wants his company to go. And it can teach us us a lot in business. And
0: those are some traits that Todd even himself said he was not born with.
2: I was in third grade, and I read a sentence, and I read it again, and I read it again. And after reading it five times, I still couldn't tell you what it said. And so today, they would label you with ADD. Back then they didn't have labels for it, and so the label that I gave myself is I just wasn't smart. And so um, uh, fast forward to when I was uh, 16, my mom had passed away of uh, terminal cancer. And as a result of having real poor self-esteem and self-image, she never saw the goodness that she put into my life. my, uh, my father helped me to get into IU. I, uh, I went to IU. Um, I would have loved to say to uh, your listeners that I graduated from IU, but based upon the picture that I had of myself, no fault of IU, um, I lasted only a semester. I went in on probation, I needed a 2.5. I got a B, two Cs, and an F. And, um, uh, and that was just another part of my story. Fast forward to when I was 24 years old and I came to Tom James. And I came to Tom James knowing that I had some talents and skills and abilities, but my um, self-image is the main thing that was holding me back, the way that I thought of myself. Our, our founder, Spencer Hayes, always instilled in us is that um, you, uh, you need to have real significant goals. You need to have um, really good self-talk. And hold yourself accountable, and um, and I just started based upon the way I was raised was similar to the values that we have at Tom James, and I just started buying into it, and um, and then I I knew that I didn't have, uh, I I didn't start at the 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 level that most people that came into Tom James would, and I knew I was going to have to work that much harder, um, and so I worked really really hard, and. Um, I believed um, in what um, we stood for, what our values, I set really, really significant goals. I didn't set a goal um, to be the president of Tom James or the CEO of Tom James. Um, But I did set a goal to achieve very significant things, to build a very successful business.
1: Out of the gate from school and as he entered adulthood, Todd faced some real challenges and some real disadvantages. But yet he rose to become CEO of the organization, an organization that's growing fast, but that gave him a chance early on, and he grasped onto that opportunity. And these are some of the traits that we're going to try to pick apart
0: and explore how Todd got to the CEO suite so us as leaders can sharpen up our leadership styles and skills as we set goals for the new year. The first thing is make principal decisions, not emotional
2: ones all the decisions prior to Tom James, the basis of those decisions was how I felt. And um, and I share this with folks to say that that there is not one good emotional decision any of us can make, not one. What we need to make are principled or thoughtful decisions. And, and when I finally came to Tom James and I started making principled decisions, not how I felt, principles are timeless, they're truth. When you make principal decisions, if you make a principal decision, it will hold you up. If you violate principles, they'll violate you. That doesn't sound very good. You know,
1: Matt, if you work for Tom James, you get this laminated piece of paper, which I'm holding in my hand right now, which lists eight principles for building a great organization. This is the title they put at the top of the page for their managers. And when I read these eight principles, and I just picked out one that, that, that hit me, that I see as universal in many successful organizations, it's come. About, it comes down to leaving your ego at the door, right? We've talked about how you can have confidence without ego. That's inspiration. When you combine ego with confidence, that's arrogance. When you have ego with no confidence, that's uh, insecurity, right? People respond to inspiration, and that's exactly what we see in these eight principles here.
0: So the next tip Todd shares with us is we need to lead by serving, not by saying.
2: If you make a goal to be CEO or president, um, it is ill-founded from the start. You see, if I set a goal for position of any kind, it is about me, it's ego-driven. But if you set a goal to accomplish a certain sales objective or a certain, some, some level or something significant that you want to build. um, The position will take care of itself. If you get into leadership to get, you will never get, but if you get into leadership to give, you will get more abundantly than you ever imagined. That's the law of the harvest and and so what that what that law of the harvest says is that if 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 i want to achieve something significant in my life that i have to have a posture that i want to help others and to the degree of which you do that will will determine how far up you go That i don't want to grow for the sake of growth i don't want to grow um to to bring any attention to myself the reason i want to grow is because i want to provide this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that has been for me for thousands and thousands of others. I want them to have the same opportunities that I have been afforded that has changed the trajectory for myself and my family and my grandkids and their kids. Um, and and the, the best way for me to do that um, is to set some massive goals of growth that I know will require a tremendous amount of new people that come into the organization where we have an opportunity to, to change their lives. Um, who we are as a company is that we build people. And so if we truly build people, then then our objectives should be to, to build um, as many people as you absolutely possibly can. And from the seat that I sit in that, um, I need to always remind myself that I work for the people. They don't work for me. People that come into Tom James, they don't work for Todd. I work for them. The most powerful way to lead is by
1: not reminding people that you're in charge. That's when you know that you're leading through inspiration. When you don't have to tell people what to do. You might give them direction, you might remind them what they need to do. But when they reach the conclusion of what they need to do, then you're an empowering leader. And that is so much more powerful and so much more sustainable in terms of your ability to impact and persuade than sitting across the table and saying, I'm the boss, do what I say. When you do that, you've basically lost the war. And this gets back to, you know, the law of the harvest that he talks about, you reap what you sow. And your followers are going to respond to what they implicitly know they should do when you've sown those seeds of empathy, of listening, all the good traits of a good CEO.
0: So another tip that Todd shares with us to help dress up our leadership as we enter the new year is to
2: adapt to changing business environments before business environments change you. I remember when Mike Sheshewski was about to surpass Bobby Knight as the winningest NCAA Division One basketball coach. And, um, and he said... Um, um, I believe the reason why I have been successful is because of the mentors that I've had and watching them and what they have done is that they, throughout their careers as coaches, they have made adjustments. And um, And the interviewer said, like what? And he said, well, um, take um, one and out where, where they could just play for a year and, and then go pro. And And he said, the coaches that didn't make the adjustments to that, he said, um, they perished. Uh, the second example they gave was um, um, the three-point line, the advent of the three-point line. There were some coaches that didn't make the adjustments to, 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 to that change, and the ones that didn't perished. And, and so what is necessary from the seat that I sit in is that you have to constantly be making adjustments. Those adjustments, um, um, more than anything else, uh, for an organization what Maxwell says is that everything rises and falls on leadership. And, and so um, in, in my role, uh, our growth is, um, is going to um, be controlled by the um, amount of leaders that we develop. And, and so I have to constantly be focused um, with my time and my, my energy on developing that next tier of leaders and empowering them um, so that they can uh, take on greater responsibility. You wanna be on
1: offense, not on defense. You wanna be proactive instead of reactive. You wanna be driving your organization instead of being driven by it. And these are choices that you have to make to put yourself in front. Again, by following these great lessons that we're hearing from Todd. Because at the end of the day, if you're not out ahead of your organization, you walk in every day, you're having to put out fires, respond to crisis. That's not leadership, that's just remediation. And that's not what we aspire to be as as leaders and CEOs. So next, another tip to dress
0: up our leadership success is to make decisions based on your professional
2: or personal vision. Every single day I start with um, where we're going the next 20 years at Tom James and how we're gonna double every five years. And the number of sales professionals that will be necessary to achieve that growth, and um, and so I um, I think about all day long when things come across my desk, phone calls or or conference calls or um, um, text messages or emails that or any meetings I sit in, uh, I ask myself: Is this in the next five years? Is is this proposal going to take us um, to be a billion dollar company? And if the answer is yes, then I ask a second question, and that is, is, that, is it the right time? Because it can be the right thing, and if it's not the right time, it's not the right thing. So you see, it's the rare and unique leader that can deal with current reality without living there. Let me say that again. It is the rare and unique leader that can deal with current reality without living there. And the way that you do that is you look at the things that you want more than the things that you don't want.
0: Think about it from a startup perspective. You know, the whole, is it the right thing? And is it the right time? Let's say you create this app. It's a medical app that does something great, maybe in medical, you know, organization within uh, patient records. If every hospital in the country wanted that product from you and you're a three-man operation, yes, that's the right thing you want to get in every hospital in America, but the right time with only three people, that's going to be a lot of customer relation issues. That's going to be a lot of, probably faults and bugs within the product and not being the right time could be the thing that actually destroys your company. And I think that's some things a lot of leaders get stuck up on. They instantly say, yes, this is the right thing. Let's move. Instead of asking that very next question,
1: is it the right time? Behind that though, is a fundamental leadership philosophy that's really captured by this quote that he offers. It is the rare and unique leader that can deal with current reality without living there. And you can only achieve that if you're on offense, if you're driving the organization. And all this works together. It's a hard place to get as a leader, but if you work hard and you have the mental discipline to get there, you're gonna be at the top of your game. So the next principle Todd shares
0: is great leaders give credit to their team in successful times and take all the blame
2: in failure. Jim Collins in the book, Good to Great, he talks about level five leaders. And I've heard so many leaders take credit for so many good things, and that is absolutely the worst thing that you can do. You see, what what he talks about there is that that if anything in the organization good happens, which there should be a lot, um, the people get the credit, because they're the ones that made it happen, not you. They're the ones that did it. I believe one of the main reasons why I sit in the seat that I do is that that anything that is messed up, I don't point fingers, that I first and foremost um, look in the mirror. Uh, David Cottrell has a great quote that I look at above my computer every single day. And it, and, and it says that until you take 100% accountability, you cannot begin to achieve your goals. Until you take 100% accountability, doesn't matter whether you're in a leadership role or whether you're a student, doesn't matter where you are. It's not your parents' fault. It's not the neighborhood you grew up in. It's not the country. It's not... It's not the school. It's it is you take 100% accountability, and once you do, then you can begin to put things in place to achieve your goals, dreams, and desires. When there's a problem that arises,
1: your first inclination should be to look at it as a process issue and not a personal issue, because it's very easy to ascribe bad intent to someone who's just trying to do their job in a failed process. As leaders, we owe our organizations solid processes that we can then hold them accountable and I think that's what Todd is saying and um, if you're going to make it personal make it personal with yourself first because the buck stops at your desk in terms of processes you need to set up environments for success for folks and if you haven't done that and you take the blame when there is a process issue you are guaranteed to approach these issues the right way
0: If you enjoyed this episode, let us know. It would mean the world to us if you could rate and review our show on your favorite podcasting app. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside Associate Dean Phil Powell, where we work hard to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.